0: Welcome to the July 2022 episode of the Presale Pulse, a real estate show dedicated to everything happening in real estate across Metro Vancouver and the Fraser Valley. I'm Ryan Lalonde, and of course, here with me today, in the flesh, my Emmy nomination for lead actress in a drama series, Emily, Can- <laughs> <laughs> Emily Canada's Presale Pulse star, Susanna Gonzalez.
1: What does that mean? I'm a drama queen? Be, Is that no, what that means? the market, the market's <laughs> okay. been dramatic. Got it.
0: I think Good it's, it. I think it's fitting. I think with real estate headlines to date, it sort of feels like a drama show, doesn't it? Like, it does actually. Like, we're close. Today is somewhere different than we were in the past. This is a new set for us. We are at the Presentation Center for Alina by Strand Development. This program has been one of Coquitlam's biggest success stories this year. It sets a strong sales signal for where we believe the market might be going. It's very exciting. Huge outcome so far.
1: Yeah, it's been a, a huge success for sure.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, Suze, uh, and we're gonna jump into that. We're gonna share some more details on Alina by Strand uh, throughout this segment. But first, let's talk about what happened in the month of June. And of course, as always, we're gonna start macro.
1: We're thrilled to see some positive headlines with the success of the Alina launch. But before we jump into June, if you are new to the channel, Pre-Sale Pulse is about recapping both the pre-sale and resale marketplace over the past 30 days. We touch on everything trending in our industry and ensure our subscribers feel like they have their fingers on the pulse and become real estate intelligent. In today's episode, we'll be speaking to inflation and the latest Bank of Canada announcement and its effect on the marketplace, an inside perspective on some exciting new pre sale projects hitting the marketplace, and of course, what's happening in resale given the landscape of the many variables affecting the market, and some insight into the resiliency of the Vancouver market.
0: You love that word right now.
1: I mean, it's the word of the day.
0: I love it too. Um, We'll get things kicked off and let's take a deeper dive on the overall economy. So first off, inflation, you've already spoken to it slightly. Uh, This continues to be the talk of the town. It's dominating headlines, news articles. It's like the number one conversation right now at Nightingale and Homer Street Cafe. Uh, In the U.S., the CPI shows that inflation jumped an annualized rate of 9.1% in June, surpassing many predictions from economists. Now, I think that you and I both feel the same way that we felt like we should have been feeling maybe 12 (laughs) months ago. Which was, what did you think was going to happen? Uh, one of the most evident examples, and we're all feeling this, it's at the pump. Gasoline prices, they're soaring. Uh, it's a direct result of that Ukrainian conflict uh, that shows no signs of cooling down. Canadians are also experiencing a substantial increase in food sector. Uh, this is continuing to be mired by the supply chain problems. and. Of course, we feel it every single week when we're in the grocery stores. Um, and adding to the discussions were the releases of several consumer confidence reports. This is including the Bank of Canada's, this is a big one, the Quarterly Business Outlook Survey, and its Canadian Survey of Consumer Expectations. We've included all those key reports in the links below. Make sure that you're checking them out. There's a wealth of information that comes out of those. The general consensus is this, broad decreases in confidence amongst the Canadians throughout the economy, and the expectation of both inflation and wages continue to balloon.
1: Touching on the labour market, June recorded an unexpected dip in jobs, a surprise, and the first following five months of consecutive growth in one of the tightest labour markets Canada has seen on record. Despite this loss in available jobs, the unemployment continued its decline as the participation rate also fell. What we're seeing is that while some employers are cutting employment to deal with the surging input, labour and financing costs, this effect is being outweighed by workers exiting the workforce primarily amongst the older demographic as retirements are picking up after a pause during the pandemic. The result is that the labor market remains extremely tight, with wage growth at 5.6% over the past year, the highest on record aside from during the pandemic when many low-wage workers lost
0: their jobs. And finally, let's talk a little bit about what all this means for the Bank of Canada and its continued efforts to tame that inflationary dragon. Now, the bank met on July 13th and surpassed markets by picking up the pace of rate increases. This is adding 100 basis points to the overnight rate. This is beyond what many thought. Microphone drop in some ways and what took you so long in other ways, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh,
0: Now, this is up from the 50 basis point increase that we saw last meeting and higher than the 75 base point increase seen in the states that we expected to hear. Feel like I've said the word basis points more in the last month than in the previous five years. Um, And the question now is where is the bank going to look to from here?
1: Yeah. On one hand, the most recent increase has brought the overnight rate firmly into the neutral range of two to three percent that the bank has long cited as a target. This may be an argument for a more measured approach in the second half of the year. So basically go hard and fast now and hopefully it'll tame a little bit further down the road.
0: I think the thought is let's make sure that Canadians understand the path forward. Let's be aggressive and, and then let's be able to pull back when we need to.
1: Yeah. Now, on the other hand, in its announcement, the Bank of Canada forecasted inflation to continue to run for the next several months before returning to target by 2024. This is a significant change in narrative from previous rate announcements where they predicted inflation to moderate in the fall and return to target by 2023, meaning additional strong hikes are probably still ahead.
0: Our eyes will obviously be set on next meeting, currently slated for September 7th. Um, And I think that's going to send a very clear message about how much further we can go.
1: Now with that, let's take a look at how the pre-sale market is faring in the midst of these recent market shifts.
0: So, June saw 15 projects launch, bringing it just over 2,000 units to the marketplace across Metro Vancouver. That's actually a really big month.
1: It is, yeah.
0: Huge. Uh same month absorptions continue to stabilize at 32%. We love that number. It's also a big number. This is consistent with the same month over month absorptions that we saw in April and May. And Sue's guess who was right when forecasting a strong June that would follow May's trends?
1: Yeah, absolutely. 32% at 2,000 units released is a great number. Compared to the same time last year, June brought almost double the product to market. But as you mentioned, Ryan, monthly absorptions remain steady. Although still trending down, the market is doing better than the newspapers give it credit for.
0: We like saying that yeah (laughs) (laughs) now this is an important consideration and where the resale headlines we read daily do not accurately represent the pre-sale trends that we're feeling now we're continuing to see aggressive head incentives marketing coming from developers looking to hit big pre-sale targets the result value for home buyers that have been on the sidelines for some time no we're witnessing significant purchaser incentives that we haven't seen in almost the past 20 months and that's a big shift and it's simple many projects right now are on sale Now value being offered is substantial and the market we are in will not last nearly as long as what most think it will. We have 40 years of historical real estate data to rely on around this prediction and if you take a look at the numbers, you take a look at those trends, recovery in Vancouver has traditionally been very quick.
1: Yeah, and just to sort of put an exclamation on it, this window of opportunity is actually quite finite because new projects will potentially look to hold and not release their product unless they can get the right price. Um, So it's really these projects that have pre-sale targets to hit where you're going to see the biggest opportunity. And once those are gone, they're gone. We can't go backwards because the costs of construction are just too high to be able to do that.
0: I mean, it's a good sign. Everything that the Bank of Canada is attempting to do right now is an an attempt to unlock supply chain and obviously really slow down inflation. And we can understand what that means from a construction cost standpoint.
1: Now looking ahead, we are forecasting the launches of 12 projects, accounting for just under another 2,000 units coming to market. That's an increase of 30% compared to July of 2021, when we know the market was on fire. As we know, summer months tend to be quieter from a sales perspective, so it will be interesting to see how the market digests this new supply. As we know, the developer cycle on many of these projects is three to four years, and we're planned in a much more active market. It'll be interesting to keep an eye on the number of projects that deliver in the coming months and if buyers and investors are taking the opportunity to buy before supply becomes even more constrained and limits their choice. It'll be really interesting to see if all 2,000 of these units come to market. Markets outside of Vancouver continue to lead activity as the largest projects delivered in surrounding municipalities. And there is one project in particular I think you really want to hear about.
0: I'm excited to talk about it. We're here. It's arrived. (laughs)
1: So yeah, let's talk about Alina. As promised, let's look at Alina in a bit more detail to see what made the launch a success. Now, throughout this project, Strand put their focus on creating value for buyers with efficient floor plans, luxurious wellness-inspired amenities, and thoughtful design features that create value for buyers. Now, amenities include a scenic sky spa experience with hot and cold plunge pools, a rainfall shower, and a relaxing fireside lounge surrounded by panoramic views from sunrise to sunset,
0: I think just sign me up. <laughs> um, and as we have to talk about the urban sanctuary. It's really the only way to describe this location. It's central enough to offer the urban luxuries of SkyTrain, shops, restaurants, while still being steps away from these tree-lined trails and nearby parks that include seaside experiences like Rocky Point.
1: Yeah, we also love that Strand has over 46 years of experience. Their story is one guided by family values and delivering exceptional communities across North America, which is on full display here at Alina. Now, they say you should always save the best for last. And when it comes to concrete launches, I think that really applies here. We knew we had something special. We took our time. We didn't rush. Every aspect of the program was built around delivering an exceptional homebuyer experience. Coquitlam is rife with competition among concrete towers and Alina had to stand out against several towers that had just launched in the market.
0: And I think that's really what made it so special. There's been so much interest, a lot of questions that have come in through the Pulse, through the Newswire. Why has Alina felt the level of success that it has? And so much of what we just shared is our answer to those moments and questions.
1: Yeah, and that's right. 132 homes sold in the first two weeks. Um, We shared openly, looked for feedback from our home buyers and continued to make adjustments along the way. The results of homes designed for those that will ultimately call them home Big success here, we're really proud. The next project we'll highlight is The Bow. The project recently had a successful launch, already selling 50% of homes. These spacious three-level row homes with a private terrace are a bold architectural statement, and the name Fastmark will be one to keep an eye on.
0: It's interesting too, it just, it, it really speaks to the amount of demand that we're seeing in that location, and that's been a significant shift, a, a big pickup in the marketplace over the past three to four months.
1: Yeah, and one of the first projects in Canada to use exposed cross-laminated timber, prices range from 2.1 to 2.5 million.
0: I think that. The interesting thing about CLT is that it comes with so many different benefits, right? Aside from just the aesthetic value, uh, sound mitigation, reduction, in sound transference, and then, of course, just fire resistance. So as part of the manufacturing process, CLT panels are treated and thermally loaded. They're charred. It's a fancy word for it. Uh, and that ensures that the panel maintains structural integrity. One of the, the unique design opportunities that Fastmark really brought to the marketplace there.
1: Yeah, while we're on the topic, make sure to register for Pura, Adira's upcoming offering coming to Surrey Centre. We have more information as that program launches this fall, also with CLT.
0: Love it. What's up next?
1: Next up is Contour, a boutique tower in Metrotown being brought to market by the partnership between Kerpal Group and SVM Homes. With only five homes per floor and every home equipped with oversized balcony, they have really focused on large floor plans for the end user and positioned in a way where each home is like a corner unit. Now looking at features for this project, all homes are equipped with Fulgore Milano appliance packages and two bedroom units include a European porcelain island attached with a dining table. These homes have also nine foot four ceilings, uh, heights in every home.
0: So really not a lot of surprises there. Kind of what you'd expect. Now, running a quick cost benefit analysis, the first thing that comes to mind is that the project, each unit will have a higher end price than nearby competitors and will be more susceptible to rising interest rates and inflation now, both of which diminish consumer buying power. Now, with this in mind, it seems like they may have somewhat missed on pricing, and I think that that's showing in some of the sales outcomes that the project's experiencing.
1: Yeah, I think Conta has struggled a bit out of the gate because of these higher end prices, obviously targeted to end users, and a sales gallery that doesn't really allow you to experience the full product, but we will continue to keep our eyes on it. Shifting our focus out to Port Moody, where Hugh began sales earlier this month and already has around hundred homes under contract, reflecting a delicate balance of design, technology, and aesthetics, they have taken a unique position for their sales strategy, creating the outpost. For going the traditional sales center, Marcon has created a retail space, including a cafe, serving food, beer, and coffee in the hopes of creating a sense of community and have potential buyers lingering around and visiting more often.
0: Uh, we love this concept. Now, the space includes a kitchen vignette, a very large model of the development, and touchscreens with information all about the project for patrons just to engage in a sales process without it feeling so salesy. Now we're going to keep an eye on the project as we all look to innovate during a sensitive market. Now, Pert Moody has been a large attraction for many buyers with many successful sales launches in recent memory. Uh, it will be interesting to follow the path that this project takes and just hats off to Mark on for doing something different. And now Suze, let's shed a little bit of light on what's happening with the Greater Vancouver resale stats and discuss some of the market activity in the month of June. Last month we stated that it is expected that the market's going to continue to soften throughout summer. This continues to be the trend, interest rates continue to climb, and inflationary concerns are evident, and they're being correlated with some of this market shift.
1: Yeah, as predicted, the result has been sales activity dipping for a third month in a row now. Total activity or sales has dropped about 16% from the previous month. However, inventory levels remain relatively stable compared to May. Less sales, more choice. Now, in considering new listings, Greater Vancouver currently sits at just over 5,200 new listings as of June 2022, which is more than double the record low levels we saw in December.
0: Now, with that being said, the number of listings is actually 10% lower than what we were experiencing this time last year. Now, what we're experiencing is that the more balanced market conditions are resulting from compression of home buyer demand and not from a rush of homeowners looking to dispose of properties. Now it really seems like homeowners in British Columbia are capable and comfortable with their purchases in the midst of a market shift. What we're really seeing here is that many of the homeowners that have decided to purchase over the last 12 to 24 months are very happy in the homes that they've selected and continue to reside there long-term.
1: Yeah, thanks Ryan for that. Now let's turn our attention to the sales to active listing ratios for Greater Vancouver. Currently for all product types, the ratio sits at 24%, which is still considered a seller's market. However, Digging a little deeper, we can see that the signs of softening market are already there. Detached product, which typically um, leads the way and is more sensitive to shifts in the market, has dipped into balanced market territory at 14%.
0: Now, as detached product typically leads the way, as you just said, categories of trends, we expect townhouses and condominium ratios to follow in the coming months and dip down as well. Um, Our belief is that they likely will not be as significant, but a buyer's market would be 12% or below. So next up, trending topics. I know you love this topic. We're gonna to be speaking about resiliency. Uh, we were thinking recently, we've experienced this really strong market, uh, supported by low interest rates uh, for many years. We've witnessed these historic sales run-ups, big volumes, record-breaking price appreciations, and the launches and sell-out successes of many very unique developments.
1: Yeah, you're right. It's been one of the most interesting marketplaces we've had the opportunity to work within.
0: Now, you and I have been in industry for longer than we care to share, but. Market cycles are a part of it. And if we can help our viewers understand them, then we can support our viewers in making just better real estate intelligent decisions.
1: That's right. But to be honest, a market correction like the one we're experiencing now needs to be put into perspective rather than automatically hitting the panic button. Now, it's important to remember that while markets all over the world are seeing changes, the size and severity of those changes will vary a lot depending on local factors. Vancouver has some of the best market fundamentals of any geography. And it's those fundamentals that will, re, uh, that will really come into play when thinking about how long the shift will last and how quickly we will recover.
0: So today we want to spend a little bit of time just looking at some of those key indicators to consider when considering the health of our marketplace today.
1: Yeah, now let's begin by examining the health of our mortgage sector. This is critical because in times of recession, a high foreclosure rate can lead to several snowballing effects. Canadians, however, and particularly British Columbians, have historically had very strong debt management, well under the 0.5% of all mortgages in default in 2012, and this total rate steadily trending down since. This in comparison to the US, where the default rate was over a whopping 10% during the same period. Now, the BC rate is actually one of the lowest in all of Canada, second only to Toronto. So we know that homeowners in BC are very well positioned with their debt levels, and this is critical in times of economic volatility. We will continue to pay close attention to employment numbers, though, as that will obviously also play a factor in people's ability to pay their mortgage, especially with rising rates.
0: And if many of our viewers have been wondering why we always open the show in the segments with, macro with a macro perspective, this is why we want to understand those high-level indicators that impact local marketplaces. Now let's take a quick look at the correlation in our market between interest rates and sales volume. Now looking at the trends, it's clear to us that that our market follows very clear cycles and that the sales volumes Track very tightly in an inverse manner to the interest rate. So when interest rates drop, sales increases and vice versa. So we wanna highlight this because it indicates to us that the recent shift we are witnessing is strongly tied to interest rates and the broader market forces and not to any local factors or inherent weaknesses, risk or overvaluation in our market. And with some perspectives believing that markets will begin to price in an interest rate reduction as early as 2023. And so we may be out of this current phase sooner than what many are believing.
1: Next, let's talk about some factors that are specific to this market shift and to our product. Specifically, we have been hearing a lot about inflation, but Rai, what does high inflation mean for real estate product? Are
0: we talking about inflation?
1: (laughs) We're talking about inflation. inflation. How How can we not?
0: Love that topic of inflation. Um, That's a good question. I I think it's important to understand that in our current inflationary environment, there it is again, uh, what investors know is that during times of high inflation, one of the potential effective mitigating strategies Step back from a strong cash position and acquisition of debt, right? So actually go out and find debt. This seems contrarian and complicated, but that's because inflation treats cash the same as debt. And by acquiring it, you're actually allowing inflation to eat away at it and essentially pay your mortgage for you Now, You would in effect be passing on the inflation costs to the banks. This is a really important point that many are becoming comfortable with. So in times of high inflation, we're likely also experiencing a, uh, a significant run up in debt and. That's what our expectation is to see over the coming months.
1: Yeah. And that's a, a really interesting way to look at it. And I think what our viewers sort of need to hear and understand and, and where there is high inflation, there will also be increased interest in pre-sale product. But not only that, we are additionally insulated in the pre-sale market because condominium product tends to be the most stable asset during the last down turn we experienced in 2017 to 2018, benchmark pricing of detached product in Greater Vancouver dipped at its worst over 18%, while condo product fell only by about 10%. This has been true historically in any market shift, and if buyers want a more stable, steady investment in a time of uncertainty that also shelters them from inflation, then the pre-sale condo market can offer that.
0: Yeah, thanks Suze. Great point. And, and when we take a quick glance at the differences in market recovery between Canada and the United States during the 08 housing crisis, I think it's pretty clear to all of us that not all market corrections are created equal. Underlying market fundamentals do matter. And we think many of the things that we just went over should give both buyers and home builders confidence that we're well situated and well braced for whatever the market will throw at us in the coming months.
1: Now, I know we want to wrap up here, but again, just to put things into perspective, when we look at pricing over the last 15 years, we've only seen two consecutive years of price decline. Prices were down 2.7% in 2018 and 3.1% in 2019. That was after a five-year run of annual increases, anywhere from 2 to 19%, for a total of over 60% price increases in those five years. Now, following that 5.8% decrease in 2018 and 2019, we saw two years of increases for a total of 22.7%. And even 2008, one of our worst years ever, only saw a 10.9% de- decrease. So, holding anything for three plus years should put you in an excellent position to weather any correction, which again is why savvy investors are looking to pre sale right now.
0: It's also why you have to have a long perspective on real estate. And it's why anytime you are buying a piece of real estate, thinking beyond a three year period is vital. Yeah. I believe that concludes this episode of the Pre-Sale Pulse. Sue's got passionate there for a couple of minutes. <laughs> love it. If you found some value in today's episode, hit that like button and subscribe to our channel. Newswire, our daily email roundup of the latest real estate news. Subscribers get early access to the Pre-Sale Pulse market insights and, of course, the latest projects breaking ground today.
1: Our internal MLA advisory team is active in all major markets, providing actionable intelligence across Canada. So reach out to us using the links below and we can provide market data, information on a specific marketplace or recommendations on product design. Uh, Contact us by visiting us the links below.
0: We love it. Whether it's from revenue analysis or it's just market fit, we're happy to share our perspective.
1: And lastly, we want to hear from you. Leave a comment if you have any questions or want us to talk about any trends or insights not mentioned in today's episode. We enjoy hearing from our peers and our viewers and want to ensure that you get all of the information you need um, and that we are the preeminent source of real estate intelligence.